Welcome to Vantage Point Podcast, where we bring insight, keys, and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm so glad you're tuning in for another episode today. Uh, This episode, as we close out our current series, I'm Still Not Okay, and I just want to take a moment and encourage you to go back, especially if this is your first time listening to Vantage Point, check out our previous episodes from this series and so much more. This podcast has been on the air since 2019, and so... We're coming up on some huge milestones. This is our 99th episode right here as we close out again, part four of our series, I'm Still Not Okay. This series has been helpful in navigating our current world and how the things we've dealt with over the last two years have challenged us mentally. And last week for Thanksgiving, we stripped down the things we experienced to find at the core of not being okay that we can still be thankful. We can still look at things like having life and we can look at God's love and so much more and be thankful for those for those things even in the midst of not being okay and so this week I want to take a look at something that stands out again in the midst of not being okay and honestly it's something that we may not see through everything that's going on but it's something that takes everything we're dealing with and in my mind it it puts it into perspective and so to close out this series I want to spend a few minutes looking at this thought hope is at the horizon write that down hope is at the horizon and and first off love definition so I want to really start this by defining the word horizon and and honestly uh, horizon has many different meanings and so one meaning is horizon is the line where the earth or sea seems to meet the sky you think about a sunrise or a sunset that line where it seems like the the earth ends and then the the sky begins right Uh, a second meaning is the limit or range of a person's knowledge understanding or experience And, and a third meaning is a limit of what is possible in a particular field or activity so in these three meanings we can say horizon again has different paths of understanding or definition right it serves as a meeting place of earth and sky we mentioned that earlier it could be a point of limitation one can reach an understanding and the last one again is a limit of possibility in a particular space right and when we think about hope at the horizon i want to really leverage all three of those meanings but you know looking at it this way first hope um, at the horizon means that there's hope at the limit of our ability to deal with life. Second, hope at the horizon means that the horizon is our limit of knowledge of the why, the things that are going on, right? We we don't have that understanding fully. And, and then finally, what I really want to key on is hope at the horizon is the line where our real struggle meets a real savior. And, and if you picture again, an actual horizon, you can see It's where the limitations of what we see meet the limitless sky and see there's no limit to what's above, but we know our struggles have limits and whether we believe that or not, I'm here to tell you your struggles, the things we're going through don't last forever. Our problems, our struggles, our mistakes will come to an end. They have a point. Now we may feel the effects, but the struggle doesn't last forever, right? They feel like it, but there's a point that we can our struggles, the actual point where our struggles have to meet our savior. And, and one scripture I want to touch on is second Corinthians twelve ten, And it says, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, 
persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And, and see, we, we know this scripture well. We talk about it. We've said it many times, weakness, weakness. But I want to show you in the message translation uh, what this scripture says. And it says, now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, oppositions, bad breaks. I just let Christ take over. And, and see, we know that our weaknesses are limitations which cause us to be less than stellar in our walk. But if we take a moment and reflect that while we still have these things to deal with, the greater on the other side of them is in Christ. And, and see, we, we can look at what we've been through these last few years, you know, too many times, whether it's the pandemic or politics or social issues, we place them above God. We, we act as if they're so much bigger than God, but in reality, they're not. And I said it last week, it's okay to not be okay, but what's not okay is making the reasons we aren't bigger than the person who can help us. Again, that, that's the reason we can say there's hope at the horizon because we know that Jesus Christ not only meets us where we are, he has the ability to sustain us through anything. Isaiah 46 and 4 says, I will be your God throughout your lifetime. Until your hair is white with age, I made you and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. And see that verse right there, verse four is, is, is definitely some reassurance and assurance that we know that there's hope on the horizon. But I love that Isaiah 46 doesn't just stop there. It goes on to say more in verses five through nine. And it says this, to whom will compare me? Who is my equal? Some people pour out their silver and gold and hire a craftsman to make a God from it. Then they bow down and worship it. They carry it around on their shoulders. And when they set it down, it stays there. It can't even move. And when someone prays to it, there is no answer. It can't rescue anyone from trouble. Don't forget this. Keep it in mind. Remember this, you guilty ones. Remember the things I have done in the past for I alone am God. I am am God and there is none like me. Wow, this verse assures us yet again that it is not only in our early years about which God is interested in us. He's in, interested in every day of our lives. And I, I, it even says, for, I heard it said this way, from the cradle to the grave, from the, from the womb to the tomb, he cares for us. This includes every season we experience, even the hard ones, because we can get in the mindset that God is only with us in the good. And we see him throughout the Bible in different places, high, low, mountains, valleys, happy and sad, good and bad. He is with us and it's in him we can look beyond what we see and rest in that hope. And I love first Peter one and three. It says, praise be to God and the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Say it again, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And, and see this scripture, I love it because it, it reminds us that hope isn't just something we see or think about. Hope is alive and it's active in our lives. And it's through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have a living hope. And, and and when you look at Bible commentaries, they often call Peter the apostle of hope. And in this passage, 
And throughout Isaiah, Peter links our salvation with the idea of a living hope. The hope Peter speaks of, it's not wishful thinking that, that we hear throughout our day, like we hope this doesn't happen or we hope it does happen. Um, it, it's not the kind of hope Peter is talking about. And, and when we look at hope, the Greek term for hope, um, and let me get it here, the Greek term for hope in the passage means an eager, confident expectation. I want you to hold on to that. The Greek term for hope is an eager, confident expectation. Like th that's an interesting combination to describe hope. Eagerness, I can't wait for it. I'm so ready for it. Confident, I know it's coming. I know it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. And the expectation, I'm waiting on it to happen. So I'm eager and I'm confident and I'm expecting that living hope to manifest manifest itself in my life. And see, this hope of, our, of, of being a believer, it's not only living, but it's lively. And one translation says a hope that lives on. Again, tie that back to God being with us every part of our life. It's a hope that lives on. It's not a one-time hope. It's not a get out of jail free card. It's a hope that we can depend on every single day of our lives. And it's not the dead hope of this world, right? It's it's living hope. It's energizing. It's alive. It's active in every believer. And we live with this great expectation. We live with it. Our living hope originated and it continues originating from a living and resurrected Savior. Peter's living hope is a resurrected Jesus Christ. And Peter began speaking again. He's speaking to Christians who were suffering in persecution in Asia Minor. His words were meant to encourage them in their troubles. What does it look like right now in our world? What do we need more of? Do we need more bad news? Do we need more, more you know, news that just continues to pile on and pile on? Or do we need some hope? Do we need living hope? Do we need encouragement in the midst of our troubles? I think we do. And see, their future was secure because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Their hope was in his victory over death and in his resurrection life. See, we can have the same living hope because of a resurrected Jesus Christ, his victory over death and rising again to sit at the throne in heaven. We can have living hope in that even today, even in the midst of pandemics, even in the midst of uncertainties and hurts and loss and grief, we have living hope in Jesus Christ. Living hope enables us to live without despair or sorrow, even as we encounter sufferings and trials in this present life. Second Corinthians 4, 16 and 18, 16 through 18 says, therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day for our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolute, incomparable, eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen for what we see is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Here's the thing. People cannot survive long without hope. Hope keeps us going through painful experiences, 
fear of what the future may hold, even in a fallen world where people face poverty, disease, hunger, pandemics, injustice, disaster, terrorism, we need living hope. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2.12 that those who don't have Jesus Christ do not have hope. Believers are blessed. We're blessed with real and substantial hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ by the power of God's word and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. This living hope quickens our minds and souls. It changes our thoughts. It changes our words and our actions. Once dead in our sins, we now live with the hope of our own salvation, our own eternity. Think about that. Our very own salvation story is something we can look to and say, because God saved me, I can have hope in all things. See, there's security in that statement. There's something concrete about that living hope and it being our anchor that despite what we see around us, what we experience, what we've seen in these last few years, God is still in control and he gave us a savior in his son, Jesus, and a Holy Spirit to guide us and comfort us, even, even in the midst of us not being okay. And another illustration I I, I want to connect with hope at the horizon. It's found in Isaiah 9 and without giving too much away for our next series, which is actually going to focus on Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, this illustration comes before that. And the passage begins as such. It says, nevertheless, that the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulon and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light for those who live in a land of deep darkness. A light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder for you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. See, more than any book in the Old Testament, Isaiah, again, we mentioned this earlier, focuses on salvation that will come through the Messiah. And we can see this Again, here, but in verses six and seven, which is more notable passage, more recognizable passage, chapter nine in chapter nine for Isaiah. But as we look at the first five scriptures, we see a connection in our topic today with hope being at the horizon. Verse one talks about an immediate declaration we can hold on to. Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. That freed somebody right there. Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not, will not go on forever. It serves as transition text between the prophecy of an impending judgment, which is in Isaiah 8, and the psalm of thanksgiving we see later in Isaiah 9. And in, in Isaiah 8, it's, the prophet announces a period of distress 
gloom and thick darkness that will be on the people. Hunger will fill them. They will be enraged and they'll curse kings and gods. In their despair, they'll turn to uh, necromancy, which is communicating with the dead and ignore the instructions of the Lord. See, this isn't a, uh, just a description of darkness, but it's the language of death and hell. Think about where we are now. Think about our world now. And on the surface, it might just seem like we're dealing with stuff. But if you take a step back, go back in time a little bit. I, I remember walking through Walmart sometime in 2020. And there are a couple, you know, s several people in there. And I, I remember talking to somebody and the feeling and the vibe that I got as I walked through. It literally was like the walking dead. Nobody really had any energy. We, they were just there you know, shopping, getting what they could. But the entire time I was in there, it just felt dead. And when we think about our world, like this, this scripture so puts us in this, it, cor it correlates so well. And, you know, we, we were just in this everlasting funk. It just seemed like it would not go away. People are dealing with despair. People are dealing with loss and depression stemming from the broken world, but also all the things that were going on in it. People were seeking answers. Um, you know, we were looking at it. We had no form of hope. It didn't seem like there was much hope in 2020 from a lot of people. And, and instead of seeing hope at the horizon, people just saw more of the same despair. When is this going to end? Isaiah 9, 1 and 2 again acknowledges the former time of deep darkness in the land of Zebulon and Naphtali. And, and when we look again, going deeper in that part, verses one through four, it's not an exception, not to be an exception to the rule. Destitute people, Isaiah announces a coming age when night will be transformed to light. And that Israel need not worry because the same people who walked in darkness will experience a great light. And throughout the book of Isaiah, especially in the later chapters, Again, the prophet will associate God's work of salvation with the new or latter things in contrast to former things. In this case, light, light is not a given. It's not, you know, the day is not obligated to dawn. It's because of divine action that the great light appears, that nations will be multiplied, that harvests will be fruitful and victory achieved. See, this is the hope we see at the horizon because when the light comes into our space, everything else has to end. And I said it earlier, but it's because our focus is so fixed on darkness, we can't see the light. And I'm a huge superhero fan, more specifically Batman and, and not really every DC, but more so Batman. And I remember a scene uh, from the Dark Knight uh, trilogy, but the, the, the second one. And it, it was the lawyer, I believe, Harvey Dent, and he's addressing reporters at a press conference. And he says something that, that I had to go find the clip and it just stuck out to me as I was preparing this, this message. And he said, the night is darkest just before the dawn. And I promise you, dawn is coming. And if you're listening to this podcast, let me let you know something. Where you are might be dark. It might be the darkest it's been in your life. 
but know that all that means is dawn is coming. The light of the world is coming. The light in your life is coming. I love watching sun, sunrises. I remember when I used to work early in the morning, I would drive down the expressway and I could see the sun coming up in the horizon. See, dawn signifies a new day. It signifies a new beginning. Dawn is reassurance that darkness does not and cannot last forever. Let's not go into another year living in darkness without hope, without knowledge of who Jesus is in our lives. Because see, the things we deal with are temporal. Pandemics are temporal. Pain is temporal. Hurt is temporal. But hope, hope is eternal. Jesus is everlasting. And as we close out this series in this episode, I want you to hold on where we ended this episode. I want you to hold it and not just, okay, this is a different, ep- this episode's over and we're going into a new series. I said again, toward the end, but our next series is all about hope and the light that is coming. I mentioned Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. And for the people of Israel, they knew the light was coming. And we know the Christmas story. We know the birth of Jesus, but I encourage you, Stay connected with us as we dive into the reasons why. And we look at a child is born and we see that hope is not only on the horizon, but we get to explore hope arriving. And I also want to take a minute to reflect on this season of Vantage Point as we were coming to a close here shortly in a few weeks. And really, it's led up to this moment. And my hope was that in this season of Vantage Point since August, that God gave me a clear vision to put on display our day-to-day life. You know, we started in August with God being a priority. That was our first series of this season, is making God a priority in the busyness of life, making him a priority. Then we shifted to some areas we needed to understand that areas that we not only... um, need to understand, but areas that ultimately influence us, but understanding that we have the knowledge and authority to overcome and find purpose. And then with that knowledge, we ventured into the unknown. And we talked about living in a world of uncertainty and how with everything that's going on, we can see red flags that happen, but there's still hope and there's still things we can hold on to, even in that uncertainty. And then we pause and recognize that, you know what, we're not okay. We're still not okay with the past few years. We thought 2020 was it, but 2021 hasn't been the same for us. Or maybe it was worse than 2020. And this is how we walk through life sometimes. We we try to make God a priority. Stuff gets in the way. We start to worry and let doubt creep in. Then we question purpose. And we question all the things and insecurities happen and, and, and all of those things start to manifest themselves. And then real world stuff sets in and we fall back into depression and sadness and more doubt. But let me tell you, you were not meant to live this way. We were meant to walk in authority and assurance because of who God is and who he called us to be. And I know this world makes that hard sometimes, but there is living hope. And for the next four weeks, I pray you begin to understand that because a child was born, hope has arrived. Let's pray. Lord, help me to hear you saying, I am your hope over all other voices. Lord, your word says you are the hope 
for hopeless. So I'm running to you with both hands stretched out and grabbing onto you. Fill me up with hope and give me a tangible reminder today that hope is an unbreakable spiritual lifeline. God, you know those things in my heart that I barely dare to hope for. Today, I give them to you. I trust them to you. And I ask that you, because I know that you can do more than I could ever guess, imagine, or request in wildest dreams. God, you are my hope and I trust you. Amen. Thank y'all for tuning in once again to Vantage Point. And stay tuned here in a couple of days. We're reaching in huge milestone especially in podcasting it is going to be our 100th episode later this week and and, and i'm looking forward to it we're going to talk about milestones and hopefully it encourages you to push and as we go into a new year but i want to do one more thing before we before we leave i want to give you an opportunity to make the greatest decision you can and that's to follow jesus because again he is the living hope that we have in this world. And if you've been walking through this world the last few years without him, I'm praying for you, but I want to invite you to give him an opportunity in your life. Let's not go another year without the savior of the world on at, on your side. Let's pray. Please repeat after me. Father God, I'm a sinner. I failed. But what I know is that you gave your son as a living sacrifice for my life before I had life. I declare today that Jesus is Lord and that he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, if you prayed that simple prayer, I'm telling you, you just made the greatest decision of your life. But don't stop there. Find a Bible believing church. Get in the word. Get connected to people. Stay connected to Vantage Point. You can check out Ignite Church Tulsa. It's the church that I'm an associate pastor at. And we're live Sundays online, 1030 every morning. If you're in the Tulsa, Broken Arrow area, you're more than welcome to visit us. Ignite Church Tulsa, 216 Luther Drive. We're in an amazing series called Army of the Lord. I invite you to check us out on YouTube. But get connected. Let's get this journey together. I want to help you. I want to help you grow. And I want to help you grow in relationship with who Jesus Christ is. Amen. 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 And one more thing. Keep seeking insight, keys, and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God. It'll change your life and your world. God bless. Mm -hmm.